You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran, embraced him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on, put on a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now, I don't want to end it. We usually, this is the part we usually end with. Those of you who've heard this, how many of y'all heard this scripture before? Raise your hand. See? That's why it's hard for me to preach stuff like that, because y'all heard it. Y'all been to Sunday school, and y'all be like, what's he going to say I hadn't heard? Yeah, it's good. That's my job to say something you hadn't heard. But verse 25, I've rarely heard this part of the sermon, of this text preached. So good to see Ron as well. So I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so country. I start calling people's names. Now his older son was in the field. Miss TC as well. Now the uh, older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has reached him back safe and sound. You would think he would be happy, but he was angry, refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, you see how many years I've served you, never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, you know somebody's mad when they don't say their name. They say, this son of yours. Y'all done that before. We all did it. This child of yours came and has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So I've been talking about prayer for a while. And in this area of prayer, I really want to talk from the angle of intercession. I never saw prayer in this scripture, but I see prayer all over this scripture. And that's my job to unfold it. And I want to talk today from the topic, when prayer changes you. When prayer changes you. Father, bless your word. Bless our time together. Take me out of the equation. Thank you for the anointing that's, that's already been so potent in this room. And because of that, I'm going to ride that wave. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated and just point to a few people and say, prayer might change you. Prayer might change you. So as we look at this particular scripture, um, this text, this particular scripture it's usually always relating to um, what you call sometimes evangelism or um, people have preached it for um, many different topics and reasons. And, um, and I've done as well, and I've preached this text, and many of you who are ministers or pastors or those of you who just share it with someone, you've ministered the text, heard the text, or related to it at some point. Many of us honestly relate to this text because we have been the prodigal son. Many of us have been the child that walked away. 
Um, so we, um, we, we relate to that. So as we approach this text, as far as prayer changing us and as it looks as we've been talking about prayer for the last few weeks, I want to talk from, the, I, want to, I want to just look at it from a different angle and, and, and um, espouse it and, and open it up in a different way that you might not have experienced it before. Um, and it might challenge us, um, but hopefully it will make us all better and look at prayer and look and praying for people differently. When we open up this text and we look at this, we see two sons. We don't have the sons' names, but we see two sons. And two sons are having a conversation. Well, one of the sons is verbal, actually. The other son is just kind of in the room. One of the sons opens up his mouth to his father, and he says to him, I want to have everything that is for me right now. I want my inheritance. I want whatever is divided for me. I want to have it right now. I don't want to wait on it. Whatever is for me, I want it right now. The father has a choice on how to respond to his child. He can respond and say, you're not ready for it. He can look at the child and say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. I don't know why you're asking for it. All these different types of things. But the first thing that the father teaches us, and I'm going to go really fast here. The reason that the, the, the first thing that the father teaches us about prayer is how to release. Many of us pray, but we don't know how to release. The son came to the father, asked him for something that the father might have thought that he wasn't mature enough to handle. Might have thought that he wasn't in a position to handle it. Maybe thought that he wasn't even ready to handle it. But for somewhere, when you really are praying for people or praying for something, there comes a season or a time that you also have to learn how to release them. To be able to say, you might not know what's best for you, but the only way you're going to learn is for me to let you do what you feel like you can do. To be able to release you and to let you go ahead and try it on your own. And that is the thing about the eagle and what time the eagle does. And it says over in Isaiah that the eagle stirs its nest. What it means by stirring the nest is the eagle at some point makes it uncomfortable for the eaglets to be able to say, I provided for you, I've nursed you, I've gone out and killed things and brought them back for you to eat. But at some point, you've got to get out of the nest. So in order for you to learn how to fly on your own, I've got to make it uncomfortable for you so that you might be able to learn how to fall and get back up. And there's many of us in the room, to be honest, the only reason we've learned that God God will be a provider is when you got out on your own and you were no longer under your parents purview when you were no longer living on campus and when you were no longer someone else paying your bills and you realize you're like God he will be a provider won't he you know when things are not seeming to add up and he learned you have to learn when you're praying for people that's very important I don't want you to miss that is sometimes we hold on to people too tight our children, our friends, our situations, we hold on to them too tight because we think we know what's best for them. We often have convenient amnesia about what we used to do at their age at well. So we tend to judge people oftentimes because we don't, they don't know that we are them at one point. 
Now, I'm not talking about just age. I'm talking about people who are going through different seasons and different moments and different, mo different operations and making bad decisions and stuff. All of us have not been where we are right now. But this father looked at his son and said, I love you so much that I will not stand in the way of your growth. I love you too much for my love to be the hindrance to you learning what you need to learn. Sometimes as a parent, sometimes as a friend, your love is what's keeping them from growing. Because love causes you to protect people you don't want to be hurt. So you keep them under the shelter of your wing because you don't want them to be hurt. But the only way they're going to grow and the only way they're going to be able to learn is if you learn how to release. Someone say release. Some of you would not be so stressed if you learned how to release. You might not have so much anxiety if you learn how to release. So this father looked at his son, loved his son, but was able to release his son. Now, prayer doesn't stop with just learning how to release people. The son left. The son got what he wanted. The son got what he asked for. But after the son left, it says the son left and he went, took his inheritance and he got some friends that only appreciated him because of what he had. Got some friends that only were appreciative of who he was because of what he had. And it says that he went into a far country, went as far as he could be away from his parents, went as far as he could, could away from safety, went as far as he could away from the, the purview of his family and, and being around them. He did whatever he could do. He went far, far away. And then it says, scripture says, and then he wasted his living. Wasted it on riotous living. That's what the King James Version says. Riotous living means loose spending. He just went out and did whatever he could because sometimes when you haven't worked for something, you don't appreciate it. Sometimes when people give you something for free, you don't appreciate it until you have to work for it on your, on your own and work for it for yourself. It's, it's, it's like when, when someone is paying for the stuff, like when you go out to eat with someone and they pay for the meal, you don't appreciate the meal until you have to pay for the table yourself. When everybody's looking at the table, like say you go on a date. I'm trying to make this personal for Miss Evie. You go on a date and everybody, uh, oftentimes, you know, because we do live in a time where people don't pay for people like they used to. But you go out on a date and all of a sudden the waiter comes by and wants to ask who's going to pay. And everybody starts looking at their phone. <laughs> because nobody wants to take the bill. Uh, so you don't appreciate how hard you, you work for your money until the bill rests with you. So here it is. He didn't work for what he earned. He didn't work for his inheritance, but he was given it. Now, let's take that in the contents of grace. Many of us did not work for grace. None of us work for grace, actually. The scripture says it is by grace you have been saved and it's not of works that you should boast. But a lot of times, because we did not work for the grace, we were not on the cross. We did not have nails in our hands. We did not have a crown of thorns on our head because we didn't endure agony like that. We take grace for granted because we didn't earn it. We didn't do anything for it. So we just take grace and we just abuse it because we just were given it so a lot of us shout on stuff we don't appreciate I got it and did nothing for it but the fact that I did nothing for it my work even though I didn't get anything I didn't I didn't I didn't do it to work but I work because I got it I didn't work to get it but I work because I have it 
I don't go to church to be to be acceptable in his sight. I go to church, I worship, I honor him, I give, and all those different things because of the grace that he has extended to my life. So me coming to worship together with other believers is my appreciation to him for what he gave me for free. <laughs> Salvation is free. Someone say it was free. None of us were so good that we deserved it. None of us. Not one person in here. The one scripture uh, says uh, there's none righteous. Nobody gets a chance in here to judge anybody else. None of us are righteous. None of us. On your best sanctified day, we are still dirt. All of us, preacher, ministry, uh, leaders, everybody, all of us have some dirt that if you knew it, you would judge us for it. All of us. It's not always the stuff we see. It's sometimes the stuff we don't see that sometimes makes us dirty. And we will, if, if, if all of us walked in this room with cards on our back, cards on our shoulder, and cards on our chest showing what we're thinking in our mind, what would your card say? If we could read the thoughts, if we could read your memory, if we could read your actions before you got here, if we could read and, and there was a card that showcased everything you were thinking and feeling, what would it say? All of us are unrighteous if it were not for the righteousness of God. Say it again. All of us are unrighteous if it weren't for the righteousness of God. That's why scripture says, I didn't mean to go here. Scripture says, and be clothed in his righteousness. Not mine, but his righteousness. So anytime someone looks at me and says, they, I don't deserve what I have, I say, you are right. But because I have put on his righteousness, everything I have, I deserve because of his grace, because of his righteousness. I wish I had somebody in the room that would give God praise for new clothes. He went did not appreciate, spent, hallelujah, spent his living, spent what he earned on everything. And then it says, and then while he was out there, he just, then he lost everything while he was out there. But, but prayer doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with just being released. When you release someone and you know, hear this, when you know that they can't handle what they ask for, then you pray a prayer of return. Just because I release you doesn't mean I stop praying for you. Oh, Jesus. Just because you're not in my house, just because you're not around me, just because you're not near me, doesn't mean that I don't stop praying for you. So we used to sometimes, oftentimes, that's why I call Miss Nedrell, because there's sometimes people feel like that out of sight means out of mind. No, just because you're out of my sight doesn't mean you're out of my prayer. You might, might not see you, but I'm still covering you. I might not agree with you, but I'm still praying for you. I might not like what you're doing, but I'm still praying for you. I might not like the choices that you're making, but I'm still praying that you eventually return back to yourself. Can I get a parent in the room who will just say, I'm praying for my child? That they return. They return. That they come back to their first love. That's why the scripture says, raise up a child in the way they should go. Because when they are old, they will not what? 
They won't depart. Now, depart doesn't mean they don't leave. Depart means, what it means is, I might leave temporarily. But if there's really something down inside of me, it will eventually pull me back to myself. I might leave. Is there anybody in the room who can say, I left for a season? I did some things for a season. I did some things I'm not proud of for a season. But mama, granddaddy, or somebody must have been praying for my return. Because the only reason I'm in church today is because somebody must have been praying for me. out there return I'm praying that you come back that's what I'm praying it's, it's, it's important that while people are out there wherever out there is that you be careful of judging what you don't understand if you've never gone through it if you've never been in it be careful of what you put your mouth on because there, but for the grace of God, go any of us. So the father released the son, but he still prayed that the son return. I'm going to confirm this and prove this later on. Because it says, Belinda, that later on it says after the son was out there, and I told you I don't have my notes, so it's really bad when I don't have my notes because it means y'all in for trouble because it means whatever God gives me, I'm going to say it. So while it says he was out there, and while the son was out there, it says that eventually he had spent all. And when he had spent all, everything was gone. Everything had dried up, meaning he was in preparation for change, but not ready for change. Spent all but then made another dumb decision. There are some people who know they're wrong, prepared for change, but not ready for change. So the scene was being set up. Everything's going to dry up, son. Everything's going to cut off. Everything outside of the will of God is going to eventually dry up. But he didn't want to hear it yet. There are some of you who tell people the truth too soon. You are wrong, you are right, but at the wrong time. When y'all get quiet at Growth Point, I know you are listening. Because some people say, but I had to tell them. I just had to get it off my mind, did you? Did you have to say that right then? And right now, because sometimes if you say the truth too soon, you'll push them back into what they were in. People who are wrong already know they're wrong. I know that's a deep revelation for some of y'all because you're like, but I had to tell them people know they're wrong. Some people go up to, you know, you smell like weed. They know they smell like weed. You don't have to tell them. You know you're drunk. I got through drinking. Of course I am. You don't have to tell people they're wrong because they know it. So in the middle of the husk and all, all, all excuse me, in the middle of every, his, his, every, his living drying up, it says, and then he went and joined himself to swine. 
joined himself and started to eat what they ate. According to the Eastern culture, it says that he joined himself and started eating the food that they ate, which according to the culture of that time was the food that was reserved also for poor people. So he not only was eating with animals, but eating beneath his uh, identity. Say it again. Not only was he eating with animals, but he was eating beneath who he was. Some of us, if we were really be honest, you know you're living beneath your identity. You're living below, below who you know you're called to be, but you don't want to tell the truth. But that's not how the story ends. After he got through eating, after he was there, all of a sudden in the middle of him eating, the Bible says he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he started talking, which is to make me ask the text a question because it says when he came to himself, he said, so that means that maybe while he was doing his own thing, he was never talking, but being talked to. So what are you being talked into? Because he didn't start talking again until he came back to himself. So there are many of us who are not saying anything because other people are influencing us to do what we do. So we're not saying anything, but it says, is this too much for y'all? I hope this is not taking y'all too deep because y'all are really Episcopalian quiet today. So after he got through, thank y'all, because somebody had to say it because the rest of them were like, <laughs> all my life I had to fight. That's how y'all looking. But it says that when he came to himself, he then started talking, which is to say, get excited. There's a prayer of release. There's a prayer of return. But then there's a prayer that calls there's there to be restoration. Now hear this. This is for those of you who are praying for somebody. They could be being restored and you not even know it. While you're praying, God could be restoring, but you just hadn't found out yet. Woo, Jesus. Hear this text. While he was still in his stuff, Sydney, God was restoring him. While he was still in a wrong situation, while he was still in a wrong environment, God was working on him. And I want to know, is there anybody in the room who can testify to say, I got restored while I was at the bar. I got restored while I was in the bed. I got restored while I was drinking. It wasn't when I got to church. He found me right where I was. While he was with the pigs, while he was with the swine, while he was, hear me, Jews do not eat pork. But when he was out of himself, he started wanting stuff that he wasn't even supposed to have. Because when you're outside of yourself, you want stuff that's not even for you. But he came back to himself. He came back to himself. And I just want to pause for the cause. Come here, Darius Daniel. Pause for the cause. And thank God for allowing me to come back to myself. Can anybody in the room open up your mouth and say, thank you for letting me come back to myself. Come on, Saul. Thank you for letting me be myself. 
myself again. Somebody say, thank him for letting me come back to myself. Musicians, I'm almost there. I'm almost through. I'm finished. He came back. <laughs> came back to himself while still in it, CJ. While still in it. I don't know who that's for. You can be still in it and God can reach you while you're still in it. I don't know who is in this room right now who somebody has counted you out because of what you're in. But I want to tell you, you are not counted out. God knows what you're in, how long you've been in it, how long you've been there, and God can reach you while you're still in it. Somebody give God praise for reaching you. Songwriter said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the songwriter said, but, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. I said, musicians, I'm finished. From the water, he lifted me. Now I'm safe. Is there anybody in the room who can say I'm safe because he found me? We used to sing the song a long time ago and said that I'm so glad I found the Lord. I didn't find him, but I'm so glad he found me. I was lost, but he found me. I was messed up, but he found me. I was sinking, but he found me. Can somebody give God praise for being found? Came back to myself. Came back to myself. Came back to myself. And he started talking when he came back to himself. What did he say, Deacon Sterling? He said, how many servants do my father have? And here I am still here. How many servants do my father have? How much more does my father have? And I'm sitting here settling beneath who I am. He said, I will go back home. I want to tell somebody right now, your child's getting ready to come back home. Your cousin's getting ready to come back home. Your uncle's getting ready to come back home. I'm not talking about to your house, but in my father's house. There are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. I want to tell somebody in the room that they're getting ready to come back to themselves. They're getting ready to come back home. Somebody give God praise that they're coming home. Excuse me. I'm just grateful that he caused me to get my mind back. Caused me to get my mind back. It reminds me of the scripture, Deaconess Lot, is that there was a man in the New Testament. I didn't mean to preach like this, but since I'm here, there was a man in the New Testament, and he said he had demons all in his body. Demons all in his mind. Jesus came and healed the man who had demons because the demons made him out of his mind. But the Bible says, I said the Bible says, somebody holler, the Bible says, but the Bible says that when Jesus got through with the man, it says the man was sitting down and the people didn't recognize him because they recognized him for what he used to be in. But the Bible says when they saw the man, he was sitting and clothed in his right mind. Somebody open up your mouth and say, I may not have a lot, but I'm in my right mind. I might not have a car, but I'm in my right mind. I might not have a job. 
didn't follow white mind. Life has have a relationship. But I didn't follow white mind. I almost lost my mind. But he snatched my mind. Just when I needed it most. God is able to keep you in perfect peace. As long as the mind is stayed on him. Somebody say he kept my mind. Just another day that the Lord has kept my mind. You don't recognize me because you recognize where I was in. But I came back to myself. Hello. It's a new me. This is who I was meant to be. That was who I settled for. But this was who I was meant to be. I like living this kind of life. I'm living a blessed life. Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm back to myself. I'm back to my praise. Back to my worship. Back to myself. I lost it for a moment. I gave up for a moment. But God, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above Somebody say, I got my mind back. I got my mind back. You might not think it's important. You may not think it's a big deal. But I hadn't been myself. I hadn't been myself through COVID. I hadn't been myself for two years. But today, today, August 28th, I got my mind back. I got myself back. I got myself back. Somebody say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So while, excuse my deacon. So while he was having a conversation with himself, daddy was still at home, still praying. But God was working on the son while the daddy was still praying. Well, not only was the son restored, but when the son said he was going back, he started practicing his, practicing his speech. He said, when I get back, this is what I'm going to say. When I get back, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to tell my daddy. But the Bible says, Melinda, I said, the Bible says that his daddy was on the front porch. And while his daddy was still praying, bring my son back. Bring my child back. Cause him to go back on his own mind. I'm praying for my child. Praying that you do something for my child. All of a sudden, he said, wait a minute. That looks like the silhouette of my child. I hadn't seen him in a long time, but I see my child. The Bible says that the man, the Bible says that the man did not wait for his son to get home. But as he saw his son was a great way off, the daddy said, I'll meet you halfway. Can we give God praise for meeting you halfway? You didn't have it all together, but he met you halfway. You didn't have it all together, but he met you halfway. You took one step. God took two. You took another step. 
God to train us. Somebody say he made me and I trained him. Here's my mom, Joss. Mom says, I want you back home. Mom says, I can't wait for you to get together. Come on home. Feed me. Come on home. We don't like what you've been in, but come on back home. We don't know who you are, but I know who you are. Come on back home. And as soon as a son, why y'all got me preaching like this? As soon as a son, while the son was training his estate, daddy said, hush your mouth. Bring me a robe. Put it on him. He smells like stuff. But put on my righteousness so I can cover up what he smells like. Give me a ring because I want him to have authority. And give me some shoes so he can walk in the light. Beautiful light. Come with the dew drops of mercy shine bright. Shine over our way by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Somebody say he's the light of the world. He got the sword. He got the sword. But that's not how the story ends. They threw a party. But the son, Kamisha, the son was upset. I said the other son. The other son was upset. And the other son had a prayer of regret. Because sometimes you don't like how God answers. Sometimes people would rather you stay where you were because they like you in the mess you're in. But I want you to look at somebody and say, I ain't saying it this stuff. I ain't saying here. I ain't saying here. Whether you like it or not, I'm not. So the son said, I'm not happy that my brother, y'all throwing a party for him. And all this time, I've been right here. All this time, I ain't never left. But y'all gonna praise over somebody who left and came back. He had a prayer of regret, or not prayer of regret, a regret because the daddy was basically saying, are you mad because you wanted to leave and didn't leave? Are you mad because you wanted to sin but didn't sin? Are you mad because what he did you secretly wanted to do? Because you can be in the house but your mind be out the house. You can be serving me but really want to be in the streets. He said the reason that we're shouting is because I lost my son once but now I got my son back again because he once was lost but now he's found he once was blind but now he can see so I lost my son once but my son didn't have to come back but he came back so what he taught his elder son is you cannot shout over something you can't relate to he said if you can't relate over it you will judge it but when you can pray for somebody because you relate to it, there's a certain type of prayer that you can pray for somebody to say, I've been where you are. And the reason I shout right now is because you came back. You didn't have 
I'm finished. I'm finished. He said, I want you to, I want you to get to the point that you can relate to who you're praying for. Don't be sitting at home talking about it's a mess what they're doing, but you secretly want to do it. Don't be sitting at home scrolling and judging over what you wish you could do, over what you want to do. So now you're judging people who doing it and you feel like, and God still blesses them? God still gives them favor? And, and they, they, they did what they did? How, how, how did they get married before me? How did they get a job before me? I have served faithfully. I never left. I never did anything wrong. I never smoked. I never drank. I never cussed. I never gossiped. I never did everything. But you envied You might not have done a sin of the flesh, but you did a sin of the mind. A sin of your heart. That you served, but you secretly wanted to do what they did. He said, son, I'm praising and we're having a party because at least he tried it, but realized that it wasn't for him. And he came back. I don't love you because you stayed. I don't love you because you're holy. I don't love you because of your church attendance. I love you because out of all the things you try, you keep coming back to me. Greater love has no man than this that a man will lay down his life the father was showing I don't love him more and love you less I love all of my children he just had the boldness to say I want to try some things am I wrong for that I don't know I'm going to find out but I still loved you for staying and I loved him for leaving but I'm celebrating because he left and came back. And for everybody in this church right now, I want to talk to you. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, Keep growing.